Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, when you got a property or something, when they sold properties, they didn't just say, well, you know, it's from that, 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 that second tree over there to that rock there. They actually had people who came out with lines, like we do today, surveyors, the surveyors. And they had these lines, and they would measure from whatever they measured. And then they'd say, okay, that's your property here. And so, you know, and everybody would kind of hold their breath, say, well, where is the property? You know, do I get that grove of trees, or I get that stream, or whatever? And so what he's saying here, what David is saying is that, you know, when the surveyor came out, the lines fell to me in pleasant places. Oh, wow, I got that stream. I got that growth. That's great. I got a great heritage. Now, for us, for us, looking back over our lives, it's a matter of faith knowledge, faith knowledge, what we know by faith. By faith, we know that the heavens were created. That's faith knowledge. And so faith knowledge in Romans 8.28 is what we are called upon to have. In Romans 8.28, was we look back over our lives, this is faith knowledge. We know, in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah, he could have looked back over and said, I was chased, I swear, it was terrible. But he said, no, I was shepherded. That's faith knowledge. And that's what God is calling us to do, is to have faith knowledge. Now, Jacob goes back into this state of being lost in wonder, love, and praise as he's thinking about God, now says in verse 16, he's verse 16, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. Let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So now Jacob now is speaking about the angel. And the question for us is, who is that angel? Sounds like an important angel. You know, he's talking about well, it's not just any run-of-the-mill angel, you know, like, I don't know if there are run-of-the-mill angels, but let's just say, anyway, this is a very special angel, a very special angel, which Jacob makes clear when he calls him the angel, not an angel, but the angel. He knows exactly who he is talking about here. He knows this angel very well, and he calls it the angel. And the way he knows this special angel is because this special angel, as he said in verse 16, is the one who redeemed him from all evil. Now, this is interesting because this is actually the first time that the Hebrew word redeemed, goel, the Hebrew word redeemed, goel, is used in the scriptures. It's the first time. And it has an, under, it has an underlying meaning to it, redeemed. And the underlying meaning, like it has in English too, it, it has this meaning of purchase, or buy, you know, it, not for free. You know, that, that's the other. 
Goel or redeemed or Goel has this meaning that it cost you something. This cost you something. Now, to see the meaning of it, get the idea, get the drift of this word Goel or redeemed, let's say we're on a ship together and one of you fall off the ship and you're drowning. You're drowning there. Now, you fall off the ship and, and so I yell, man overboard, and then they rescue me, rescue you. Okay, and you could say, well, you know, you could say, I rescued you. I yelled out, man, overboard, but I didn't redeem you. Why? It didn't cost me anything. It didn't cost me anything. It didn't cost me. All I had to do is just yell out, man, overboard, and then they, they rescued you. So uh, I rescued you, but I didn't redeem you. It didn't cost me anything. But on the other hand, if I was, to, if I, if I was on the boat and I saw you fall off and you saw you're drowning, and then I jumped overboard, you know, I put my arm around you, and pulled you over close to the boat and helped you back on board. And, of course, I would be so exhausted, which I would be, I can tell you that, by all that work that I did to pull you over there that, you know, the, the whatever, the propeller, whatever, it pulled, sucked me under, and then I died. You know, I drowned. Then I rescued you, but I redeemed you. I redeemed you. Why? Because it cost me something. It cost me my life. And that's the meaning, the underlying meaning of, of redemption. By the way, I, what I described to you wasn't on a both repeller, but the uh, son of the of Cheryl's pastor in Greenwich, Ohio, Greenwich, Ohio, this big lake there, that actually happened to him. There was somebody out there drowning, and he went out there to rescue him, and he actually uh, saved the person but drowned himself. So he redeemed that person. So redeem has to involve a cost, a cost to rescue. Otherwise, not redemption. It's got to involve a cost. That's why the Lord Jesus is called the Redeemer. He's called the Redeemer because he rescued us from sin and death and hell, and it cost him something. It cost him his life to do it. And that's why it's called the redemption, the redemption. You were not redeemed with First Peter, First Peter 1.18. You were not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot, without blemish. So that's the whole concept behind redeemed, and here we have it for, for the first time. You know, one time there was, a, there was a believer, there was a believer who wanted to explain it to a native in the jungle what it meant when he was saved. So what he did was he, he took his shoes off, he took his shoes off, and then he took a worm, and he, and he put it on a rock there, and then he surrounded all the ground with dry straw, with dry straw, and the, and the worm was on the little rock. And then he lit the, lit the straw on fire, so there was a fire there. And then he, you know, the worm starts to crunch up, you know, it's going to get burned and all. And so then the believer then, he runs across on the burning straw and gets the worm and, and brings it out, see? And he says, that's what it means when I was saved. He said that. He said, he explains, he says, the, he says I was the worm. I was the worm, and I should have died in the fire of hell. But the Lord Jesus, at great cost to himself, see, that's the idea of redemption, he ran and he rescued me from being burned in hell. Now, so who is this angel that Jacob is talking about as the one who redeemed him? Who is this angel? Well, the word angel, Malak in Hebrew, has a root meaning of messenger, messenger, because angels carry messages. They carry messages from God, you know, fear not, you know, and uh, behold, you know, uh, unto you is born this day in the city of David. All kinds of messages they, they bring. Some good, some bad. They bring messages. 
and, and they carry messages. The ultimate messenger from heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate messenger. Why? Because he brought this ultimate message in John 3.16. That was a message from heaven for God. So here's the message, you know, uh, Western Union, open it up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the message. That's the messenger. So who is this angel that's more than just an angel? This angel is the one who has redeemed, who has saved at a cost to himself, uh, uh, Jacob, from all evil. Well, you know, this redeemer that saves is identified in the Bible. It says in Isaiah 41.14, Isaiah 41.14, fear not thou worm Jacob. That's funny, he calls him a worm. I just used the example of a worm. Okay, fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. So Israel's Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. It cost, it cost God to, to redeem Israel, and he's called that. This angel is the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 44, 6, Isaiah 44, 6 says, thus saith the Lord, the king of Israel, and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So here we see the Godhead, a little bit the Godhead, as the Lord and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Israel's redeemer is the Lord of hosts, is the Lord of hosts. This angel is the Lord of hosts. In Isaiah 44, 24, Isaiah 44, 24, it says, and thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. So one person fits that description from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him. All things. He forms men. He makes all things says, I am the Lord that makes all things, Isaiah 44, 24. Isaiah 44, 24, the Redeemer is the creator. This angel, the angel, is the creator. And then Job, he says in Job 19, 25, Job 19, 25, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. So Job knows that his Redeemer, who is the Lord God Almighty, is gonna stand on the earth in the latter day. Now, further goes on, and we're going to kind of reference back to this verse. It's an important verse, Isaiah 63, 16. Isaiah 63, 16. Because there, it talks about the Redeemer, but it talks about something else important. But in Isaiah 63, 16, it says, Doubtless thou art our Father. So this is, this is a group of people who are now calling God their Father. Doubtless thou art our Father. Though Abraham be ignorant of us. So, you know, they were, they didn't live at the same time Abraham, Abraham didn't know them. Though Abraham be ignorant of us. And Israel acknowledge us not. So Israel says to them, you're no Jews. Thou, O Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. So the Redeemer is God. He's Father to these ones who Israel says are not Jews which are the believers in this angel, in the, in the Redeemer. And the Redeemer, obviously, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So this angel is known as the Father. He's known as the Redeemer. 
He is the redeemer and the father of the remnant in Israel, the ones who Israel says, don't even see you. You know, acknowledge us not. And they're the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who are rejected by the Jewish people. Now, redemption also refers to a freeing from bondage, a freeing from bondage. It says in Exodus 6, 6, Exodus 6, 6, wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, which he did. Just got finished celebrating that as we remembered the Passover. So when Jacob called this angel the one who redeems, Jacob is showing that he, he, he has rays of light. Jacob can see things. He can begin to see the finished work of Jehovah Jesus. He can begin to see the finished work of the second person of the Godhead, God the Son, when he starts talking like that. Now, when the Redeemer frees from bondage, I said the Redeemer redemption is a freedom from bondage. And that's what happens when you and I sin. When you and I sin, it's not just, oh, you know, go have a good time. Okay, that's done with that. Oh, it stays. It all stays in Las Vegas. Okay, never mind. But it doesn't work that way. Because what the Lord Jesus said in John 8.34, John 8.34, he said, Jesus answered them saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. That's a universal maxim. That is a law. And there's no uh, carve-outs. There's no, in this case, only. No, it's just general. Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. You don't walk into that without walking out with some chains. And that means that we needed a redeemer to come and free us, free us at cost to himself. When we sinned, we fell under the power. We fell under the power of death and the grave, and it took a price. It took a ransom to buy us out of that power of the grave and the death, and the person who paid that was God himself personally personally in Psalm 49:15 Psalm 49:15 God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave he shall receive me and then Hosea 13:14 Hosea 13:14 I will ransom them God said I will ransom them from the power of the grave I will redeem them from death O death I will be thy plagues O grave I will be thy destruction so the price that God the Lord Jesus paid is his own blood his own blood that redeemed us now, in, in verse, verse 16, Jacob just say, didn't say, well, the angel that redeemed me from evil. He puts this word in there, this word, whole, all. He, he redeemed me from all evil, all evil. Now, that means Jacob is looking back over his life, and he's seeing, you know, all the, all the terrible things that happened, you know, and we call he, all the evil in his life. And so if we kind of like join Jacob, say, well, yeah, okay, let's just kind of look back over Jacob's life. We go, Oh, man, that man went through a lot of evil. When you think about it, from the evil of his home life, well, not striving yet, from the evil of when he was born and his brother was getting in front of him, he says, he's pulling me, get behind me, I'm going out first, you know. <laughs> I was like, first, you know. Then the second, from the evil of his home life in conflict with his brother, Esau, from the evil of his relationship with his father who favored his brother and from the evil 
of his lying and deceiving his father and from the evil of his relationship with his domineering mother. She was the quintessential domineering mother, Rebecca. And, you know, uh, do this and obey my voice and don't ask any questions. That's all. No, anyway, that was Rebecca. Anyway, does, uh, I'm not very nice to the patriarch's wives. I'm sorry. And then from the evil of being alone in the desert and very vulnerable, from the evil of how Laban cheated him out of seven years of labor when he, when he made the, 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 the bride switch, from the evil of having Leah forced on him as his wife that he never loved, from the evil of having Rachel, who accused him of infertility and introduced idolatry into his home, from the evil of having handmaids that he never wanted be forced on him as his wives, from the evil of Laban and his sons hating him and accusing him of stealing all that they had, from the evil of Esau coming to kill him with 400 men, from the evil of his daughter Dina being raped, from the evil of his sons murdering a whole city of Shechem, from the evil of having his family fall deep into idolatry, from the evil of him suspecting that his sons had murdered Joseph when, when they brought him the coat that he made with the blood on it, from the evil of Judah leaving the family and attempting to assimilate with the Canaanites, from the evil of Judah having a child with his daughter-in-law, from the evil of Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, raping his wife, from the evil of having only one woman that he loved, his Rachel, die in his arms in childbirth, from the evil of having Rachel, before she dies, name his last child, son of my sorrows, that he has to go in and correct and change his name to son of my right hand. From the evil of twice, nearly starving to death in famine, and from the evil of being removed from the land of promise to Egypt. Now, apart from that, he had a very peaceful, he had a very comfortable life. He had no problems, you know. I mean, what, what's there to complain about? But that was a life of over 20 terrible evils that he had to endure, and that none of us should ever have to endure one of them, God forbid. And so it was a very hard life for Jacob with all those evils, and that's why when he stood before Pharaoh in Genesis 47, 9, Genesis 47, 9, it says, Jacob said unto Pharaoh, Jacob said unto Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. He said, with all, you know, he's saying, with all those evils, I should have lived to be a thousand. I mean, if you put spread it over a thousand years, it'd be better, but it's really too short a time to spread out all, all those terrible evils. But here, as Jacob is looking back at all these evils, he says, the angel redeemed me from all those evils. I mean, that's, a, that's wonderful. Now, we've got to look at this in reality. And Jacob didn't always have that view. He didn't always have that view. I mean, there was a time when Jacob said in Genesis 42, 36, Genesis 42, 36, and this is written for our encouragement so that we don't think, oh, well, I could never be like Jacob. He was perfect. No. In Genesis 42, 36, it says, Jacob, their father said unto them, to his sons, you know, the, the, the father, 
He has a great relationship with his sons. Anyways, it says, me have you bereaved of my children. You caused me to lose my children, he said. Joseph is not. You are the reason. I don't know the circumstances, but I don't think it was some beast, really, that, that caused me to not have Joseph. You were involved. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and you caused me to lose. Anyway, that's what he said. And you will take Benjamin away. And then he said, all these things are against me. He said, all these things are against me. Well, that was a low time in Jacob's life. Like, we all have low times in our life. But anyway, it was a low time in his life, and he recovered from that time. And what's amazing now is that he's looking back over all these evils that happened to him. And by the way, I just listed the, you know, the 22 or 23, whatever it was. And I'm sure if Jacob was saying, it was here, he would say, you missed one. You missed one. I don't know, but probably I did. But anyway, but he said, whatever the number is, in verse 16, verse 16, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, all evil, the Lord, in the person of this, the angel, rescued Jacob from every one of his evil troubles. And that's our testimony. That's our testimony. It's not that we are kept. It's not that Jacob was kept from evil troubles in his life. But we are kept, and Jacob was kept, from being destroyed by the evil troubles. And that's what Jacob is saying. Jacob is essentially saying what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.18. 2 Timothy 4.18. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So Jacob is seeing that the angel, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, has redeemed him from all evil, just like Titus. This is what it says in Titus, Titus 2.14, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 